With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello. Bonjour. Bonsoir. Konnichiwa. Guten tag. G'day, mate. How are you? Welcome to this week's Manchester United podcast with Redcast. And we're going to hopefully try and cheer you up. Before we cheer you up, let's find out who's with us tonight. We are joined from all the way from Manchester and co-creator of the podcast uh, Rock and a Hard Place is Tom Solon, United fan stalwart, aren't you, Tom? Yeah, for uh, quite a long time, which is not going so well at the minute. Well, you've got the accent. We can tell. Thanks. We're going to Mancunian overdose um, this week. Um, just as a, you are a newcomer to the podcast, so can you um, tell me, have you, any, have you come across any Manchester United footballers? Uh, yeah, well, been in Manchester quite a few, to be honest. Um, when, I was a, when I was a kid, I got a United shirt for my birthday one year. And there's a megastore had a deal on that you could get it free printed. Value, yeah, so I went along to the mega store and waiting in the queue. And who is behind me? Jesper Blankvist. He's getting like loads of shirts signed for some charity thing he's doing. So I chatting to Jesper Blankvist, and I'm like a little kid, so I'm really excited about meeting him. And then uh, finally I got to the front of the queue, and the woman said, oh, no, you can't get your shirt printed for free now. That offer's gone. I was a bit gutted. Jesper Blankvist said, don't worry, love. Put it on my account. Who do you want on your shirt, son? So I looked up at him and said, keen. So no luck. <laughs> I'm not walking around with Jesper Blankvist on the back of his shirt for a year, am I? No, but you could have like got more money out of him than picking a really short name. Yeah, I love your shirt. If you, I love your name if you buy me the away shirt. Yeah, well. exactly. That's what you should have done. <laughs> I, I met um, I met Andy Cole at the Cliff, kind of. Uh, I was taking my uh, godson to the Cliff to get autographs. So this is like '97, and yeah. uh, Danny ran off to go and get Andy's autograph as he was driving away. And he, he raced, and he was about eight at the time, and he raced off. And I think, oh, Danny, stop, don't run. And he ran right in front of Andy Cole's car. <laughs> and fortunately, he missed him. Anybody else would have hit him. Let's be honest, because Andy Cole was going through a tough time at that period. He couldn't hit a barn. <laughs> and uh, he got the autograph, and it was all fine. But that was the meeting with Andy Cole. And... Um, I'm at Luke Shaw in Marbella at Scintillate at a party. He didn't buy a drink. I've, I have mentioned it before. 
Um, he's not the sharpest tool in the box, I'll be honest, from that brief moment. Um, and, of course, he uh, has come out with the fallout from the game at Watford on Saturday. So what were your thoughts about that sad defeat? Well, I mean, the, the thing that I noticed mostly was when we did get the ball forward, which admittedly it was quite rare that we even got it forward, we got the pace of Rashford and, you know, getting it forward quickly. The midfield three, every single time, were like 30 yards behind. Yeah. It seemed like there was just no support for, for Zlatan in the middle unless Rashford, obviously, when he cut in and scored. But the midfield just didn't seem to want to bomb on. Rooney was playing, obviously, ridiculously deep. Pumper seemed, I don't know, he just seemed nervous about making that run. I don't know if that's his regular game from what I've seen in events. He tends to get pulled quite a lot, but... United, he's not really. I don't think. I don't think I've seen him in the penalty area once yet. No, that's that's true. I mean, a week is clearly a long time in football because after the international break, there was a little spring in our step after the whole game, and it came to the derby. And it seems in a week, the the, the well, the walls are caving in. Yeah, I think a lot of people are overreacting. Though. I mean, you, you play Man City, and you, you can't expect to beat Man City. That's a game that. We, we lost and we deserved to lose because of our performance in the first half, fair enough. The game is fine, Odd. Again, it, it, it's sort of a second string team. You know, it, it does Jose really want the Europa League? So you think, well, all right, that's a defeat. It's not really like a crisis. Losing, and losing to Watford away, yeah, it's a bad defeat, but those defeats will happen in the season. The way people are going on about it, some people I've heard are saying the City have won the league already. They're only six points ahead. It's still September, you don't win the league till. I just, I'm just saddened by your sentence, though. You don't expect to beat City. I'm old enough to remember when you do expect to beat them. Yeah, but yeah, but now you, you can't you can't go into a game like that when City have won every game so far and think we will definitely win this game. You know, they beat us on another day. That could have gone differently. Like the, the, the Stones clearance off the line. If that had gone in, it was a completely different game. So, so there, I mean, there, I think you're right. There is a, you know, not to press the panic button just yet is important. And Saturday will be a case of whether you press the panic button or not. It might even come on, on Wednesday night. And it could have all really been so different. I mean, if you think about Bravo in, in the derby should have been sent off. If you think that yeah. the final goal was clearly offside, I called it at the time. And then if you think that Martial was got the foul, which could have gone either way for the first Watford goal, then it could be completely yeah. different, couldn't it? Plus Pogba hits the bar. If, if that shot from Pogba goes in, not only to do United maybe win the game, but then everyone's saying, look how good this goal is from Pogba. What a great what a great sign. He's worth every penny. But for those... Small madness like that, the, 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 you know, can change people's opinions and next week it'll be completely, it could be a completely different headline are, are, are we making ourselves feel better things aren't that bad or are we in denial with that kind of thought <laughs> process I don't I, I, I'm just sick of the I think, I think it's um, in all of football really everyone seems to only care about the last couple of games when a season is, so, is such a long season don't forget this time last season Man City won the first five games I, I don't think they conceded a goal for the first few or they conceded very few goals Everyone was saying they brought the league. It's de- it's, they're definitely going to win it. Tottenham had an awful start. By the end of it, City finished fourth and Tottenham finished third. No, you know, it, there's, a long, there's, a, there's a very long way to go yet. It is so, a marathon, not a sprint, is the old cliche. But I think in the world of 24-hour news and talk sport and unlimited podcasts of to <laughs> sensationalise uh, football stories, this is kind of par for the course, really. I mean, on, on, Watford on Sunday, my... 
I think my perception of it was that there seemed to be no plan. They didn't know how they were going to score a goal. There seemed to be no patterns of play. And it had happened really um, against City was clearly just the long ball, lumping up front and playing the final third that way. And then Feyenoord, similarly, no one was getting in behind. There didn't seem any real penetration, which is one of Fergie's big words over the years was, you know, we've got to have players who can penetrate. Um, and he had that usually on a Sunday morning in the papers in the York and Cole era. But I think also that on Sunday that there was, there was really no plan, it seemed to me. It was all ponderous and slow. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't seem like anyone wanted to get the ball and make something happen. There was no one that, that wanted to lead by creating or doing something. Normally, I mean, in his prime, you'd look at Wayne Rooney to do that. If he's not playing well, I don't know, maybe Pope was nervous. I don't know, he doesn't seem like the type of guy that would get nervous, but there was no one in, there was no one in the field that wanted to control the game to, to make something happen. Obviously, Zlatan's a bit isolated up front. And the two wings are young lads who are great players, but they're about pace. So there's no one that wanted to keep the ball, pass it around, keep it for a little bit, maybe slow the tempo down or quicken it up. You just wanted to gate forward as fast as you could, gate forward, gate forward and let them do the rest. I mean, let's talk about Wayne Rooney because there's a poll over the last few days saying 90% of United fans don't want him in the team. Do you think if he wasn't Wayne Rooney, he'd be dropped by now? I think if... I think it is situation now quite similar and hear me on this because this is going to sound ridiculous at first but it, it does hold water when Ryan Giggs was Wayne Rooney's age he was awful he was terrible at 31 people were saying he should go you know he's not a central midfielder he can't play centrally his hamstrings are gone he's not as fit as he was he's won everything how motivated how motivated is he exactly the same situation as Wayne Rooney's in now the problem was the problem is now rather than then was Fergie had a long term plan for Giggs it was You'll play some weeks, you won't play other weeks. You'll play in the centre, then you'll play on the wing or do whatever. With Rooney, because we've had a few different managers in, in the past few years, we've not really got that long-term plan with him. So he's, he's kind of just, he wants to play every week and no one's really sat him down and said, I think you can play until you're 40, but you've got to do this, 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 this and this. You've got to miss games sometimes. Maybe they have spoken about that with him. Maybe he doesn't want to sit on the bench, but I think, Going forward for Wayne Rooney, he needs to miss out some games and play others. Because at the minute, his first touch is awful. Uh, and I, I think if anyone who ever played football, your first touch goes when you're not fit, when you're tired. So maybe he needs a rest. Maybe he needs. To... I mean, I think this is. I think that's a very good point. I mean, but it's a point we've seen a lot over the years with Rooney. We've seen many games as United fans, both home and away, particularly at Goodison Park, where Rooney can't trap a bag of cement where his yeah. first touch is appalling. And it's usually when he's come back uh, from an injury and it's taken time and his, you know, your touch goes. You, if your fitness isn't there, your touch goes and your concentration goes because you're not fit enough to keep running for as, as long as, as you need to. And But isn't there a bigger problem? And I think Rooney Giggs' comparison you make is a, a good one, but it's slightly different in the sense that Rooney really hasn't had a long-term injury as such and physically has the body of a 34 year old footballer in terms of the amount of games he's played and it's it's looking like um time has caught up with him and this is not a new thing this season you're going to take the last four years into account he hasn't scored more than 15 goals in a season in all competitions fergie in his last season wanted rid of him 
fact, it was his way of getting him out of the door. He knew, as he knew with Keane, arguably with Stam, with Hughes, um, with, with Beckham, his time was up. He had his eight years. They were great eight years, but his time was up. And it's looking like now that his time is up. Yeah, I think if his time is up, which, you know, it could be, it, it might turn out that it comes good again. I hope it does, but at the minute it's hard to see it. But if his time is up and we need to get rid of him, where's he going to go? Who's going who's to sign Wayne Rooney? Even if we gave William, Wayne Rooney away for free, who's going to pay Wayne Rooney 300 grand a week at the minute? China. He's, he's not, he's not going to go to China, is he? He's not that type of guy. He's not, he's, he may be America, but really... Come on, I can imagine him and Colleen on a Saturday night after a game getting a delivery from Wings. Yeah. And watching the X Factor, he'll just be doing the same thing, pretty much. And I, I, I think, I, I think Wayne Rooney, from I don't obviously I don't know the bloke, but it seems to me like he wants to be the number one guy for as long as he can. And I don't think it, he will believe that his time in the Premier League is up. I think he'll he'll want to stay in a big competitive league. Yeah, I can't Do you think he thinks his time is up now? now? Do you think he I, knows? No, I don't, exactly. That's what I'm saying. I don't think he does. I, I think he believes in himself he's got, he's got to have confidence he's a confident guy he's England's top goal scorer he wants that United record which it, I mean it's, it's not playing great now but he'll still probably get that record I think that's what's in his mind how, how he's taking his game. time getting that record shows the level of form that he's in you know he's been he's been within 15 goals of Bobby Charlton for a good 18 months I think he and, and, and some of them have been penalties and he's off penalties because he can't even score penalties on a regular if, if basis you play, if you play Wayne Rooney every game until the end of the season he's going to get the whatever six goals it is that he needs. Yeah, he will but, get that many goals. But that's feel like you're just giving him a chance to break a record. He doesn't really Oh, no, I don't, no, I don't think we, I don't think we, I don't think United should, but I think that's what he is thinking. You so said, what, what, what does he think about? I, I do think there's a very clever PR campaign that he's aware of. If you, if you take back of what he said uh, at the beginning of the season, when he said, you know, I drop back now, it happens to Skulls and gigs, and I'm kind of doing the same thing. When he said that, then Mourinho comes out and says, Rooney's not going to play 50 yards from goal for me. Then we've seen the first few games, and we've talked about it on here, how he's been a bit too deep and detached from Zlatan, which hasn't helped him. He's been getting in Pogba's way in the first, even those first three games that we did win. And then when the England came up, England uh, scenario came up, he came out and said, I'm going to retire at the Russia World Cup basically picking himself for the next two years when really the argument for the last eight months has been, does he deserve a place in the team? Is the team functioning better uh, without him? Because they can pass the ball quicker and there's more energy and purpose in the side. Yet his friends, it seems to me in the media, the football pundits, keep saying, he's good, he's great, he'll come good. But as United fans, we watch it week in, week out, and we haven't seen him play well consistently for four years. Yeah, I, I agree. He's definitely not playing well. He's not played well for a while. And not to defend him, but he, again, he is playing under different managers in a lot of different positions. And it's a transition period for every player. I think maybe maybe he's trying to have... Maybe this is his end game now. He's thinking about his legacy. Thinking about what are, what are people going to think of me when I retire? Are they going to think of me as United top goal scorer, England top goal scorer, who played at United for the majority of my career? Or are they going to think of him as player who plays for United and then went to America. Do you know what I mean? When you think of David Beckham now, you don't. I mean, you do think of him as United and Real, but you also think of him as the MLS guy who went, you know, here, there, and everywhere. Even Del Piero to an extent. You think, oh yeah, what a player for Juventus. And then went to Australia. You know, yeah. Maybe Rooney doesn't want that. Maybe he doesn't want that uh, legacy tarnished, perhaps. 
Do you think United fans love Rooney enough? Um, I don't think a lot of United fans appreciate what he's done because I think he, I think being from Liverpool is it's a big thing, and if he if he was born in Salford, he'd be loved. Yeah, but because he was born in Liverpool, and because of the whole trying to engineer that move to City thing. You know, I don't think United fans have forgotten that, that at all. They have. I think. I think that that incident in 2010, you know, it was like get him out, never want to see him again. When he turned around and said yes, there was. I remember around me in my season ticket area, there was a lot of you know um, disharmony and people refusing to cheer his name when it was announced or celebrate the goal too much when he scored. And there was a hung. He had about a year around me. Uh, with that kind of thing, I think if you talk to a lot of Reds, it's like, you know, we don't. He's not in our hearts in the same way. And someone who you're going to say is going to take Bobby Charlton's goal scoring record isn't loved universally by the fans and adored as someone like that should be. Then Rooney should be asking himself why that's the case. If he's that yeah, bothered, I, th- I think he's bothered about it. I think. I think. The, I think if you gave Rooney a choice now of breaking that record this season and winning the league, I think he'd probably go for the record, to be honest. Do you really think? Wow. But, that, I mean, that when the England record was coming up, that's all he was going on about, that's yeah. all the media was going on about, and, and it's quite similar now, really. I mean, he's not really talking about the record, but a lot of people are. Well, it's and, because... You know, he know, has a lot of friends in PR that seem to be telling, doing a lot of sto- positive stories about Wayne Rooney at the minute. Absolutely. Um, and I think, commercially, it's quite clear that he's very important with the likes of Chevrolet and the England sponsors and things like that, you know, he'll, he'll stand in for, he'll, he'll act as bad as you've ever seen anyone acting since Jean-Claude Van Damme in one of those wine adverts on MUTV or yeah. whatever. And, um, but he's making money for the club. Yeah. It's It's a short term policy because the club isn't doing well enough on the pitch to win trophies with, to increase the amount of sponsorship and money that they get. And if we're making team, making decisions, in the club about keeping a player at the club because he can sell a few pot noodles, then, you know, we kn- <laughs> bring out the green and gold flags again. Yeah, I don't think that's the reason why Jose isn't dropping it. I think the only reason I can think of that he's, he's still in the team is that he's such a big influence in that dressing room. He's, I mean, don't get me wrong, Jose has dropped Casillas and John Terry and players like that before. Maybe he will, maybe he will drop really soon. But the only thing I can think of is that if Rooney gets dropped, he's got a lot of friends in that dressing room. A lot of the young players look up to him. What do they think about Jose then? What does Wayne Rooney say about the manager and the coaching staff? And if he starts whinging, what does everyone else say? Well, I mean, I think it's... I mean, keeping... He's already done it to Schweinsteiger. If he does it to two players in, inside his first couple of months, two very big-name players, you're not playing now, you're out of the team, whatever. A lot of those players might think, well, is Rooney, a con- is Rooney a convenient excuse for Jose? You know, is Rooney the, wick- the wicker man? In the sense that you drop Rooney, then all your other flaws become clearly open to everybody else to see if you're Jose Mourinho. Is well, he, gonna, well, is he being found Rooney out? Didn't, Rooney, Rooney didn't play against Feyenoord. And we, and we didn't look a million times better against Feyenoord. We, we looked poor. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't say that ev- all, the, all the problems that we've got are based on Wayne Rooney. Absolutely not. But it, it, aren't other are other players in in the team being compromised so that Rooney can play in a position he might be effective in? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, I think that is definitely a problem. But you know what? 
if he if he does, he's got to, he's got to make a balancing act. Really, I think I think like I said before, Jose has got to have that conversation with Rooney, saying, "Listen, I'm going to be here for a few years now. Let's think of a long term plan rather than just short term." You will get that record because I want you here for another two or three years or whatever, but you're going to have to miss some games or you're going to have to play in this position. We keep doing it for two or three years. There's no doubt that he'd get that record. He's going to get six goals, isn't he? Whether that's for midfield or left back. Well, if, if, if Rooney's getting all the attention in the uh, in the team about the way the team are playing, then Jose's kind of woken everybody else up with repeating this criticism of players which got him the sack at Chelsea. Um, yeah. How has Jose reacted in the last week? Is that something that can be sustainable? Can you keep publicly shaming the likes of Luke Shaw and saying you're not doing your job? I mean, Fergie never named players, and we've got to stop the comparison to Fergie all the time. But I'll do it this well, once. Well, well, that's another thing, and, and, and the way he's treated Schweinsteiger. I mean, I agree, Schweinsteiger wasn't good enough United last year. Definitely not. But if he's not going to play Schweinsteiger. Don't come out in the press and say, he's not going to play for me, he's going to train the reserves. Not because he's done anything wrong, not because he's um, had a go at the manager or disrespected the club or anything like that. Just because I don't think he's very good, so he's not even going to train with the first team. Why have you said that about Schweinsteiger, but he's not done that about a player like Michael Carrick? Michael Carrick's not played, but he's not come out and said, you know, you're not going to play, you're in the reserves or whatever. Why, why is he well, I find not playing Carrick Schweinsteiger like that? I know, I find Carrick not playing a real strange decision because I'm a massive fan of Carrick. I think the team plays better with Carrick in it. His passing's quicker. It's more incisive. I'm a little reluctant to make a, a, a definite opinion about what's going wrong until I've seen Carrick in the team and whether he can still he can still run. He can't, obviously can't run in, in the same way, but he's clever enough and sharp enough um, to play and intercept the ball and pass it forward, which I think will free up Pogba and so I would hope Carrick um, gets back into the team soon enough sadly he might play against Northampton but I really think we're going to need him against Leicester on Saturday I think that Mourinho's teams typically though they haven't really had that type of play he's never had a, like a Carrick or a Pearl type of play he's always had a strong fast you know Michael Destroyer. in that role or, yeah. Yeah, or McAuley or players like that whereas well, he's just always like physical plays. He likes big center, uh, big fullbacks. But maybe his football is now looking to be out of date. Maybe Jose Mourinho is over the hill. I mean, he he's lost fourteen out of thirty-two games in all competitions. Eleven out of twenty-one in the Premier League. That's unprecedented for Jose Mourinho. Yeah, but he's won so many trophies. You can't. I wouldn't say he's over the hill and. Definitely not, because he's still only what, 50, 50, 55, something like that. He's won so many trophies. He won the league in his first year at Chelsea. Yeah, he went terribly last year. But to say that he's completely lost it in a year and a half, I think he's... So, Tom, you're Jose Mourinho now. You've been body-swapped into him. He's <sighs> running that podcast for a week. You've suddenly woken up like that Ronaldo advert, and you're in charge of the team and training this week. What are you telling them? What are you going to do to fix this current slump? Well, to be honest, I, I, like, like I said before, yes, we've not won um, the three games, but it's not a, as big a crisis as everyone's saying. I think get a win against Northampton. Yeah, play, play you know, rest Rooney, rest Latan. Get a, put, put a strong team out against Northampton, better get, get a bit of confidence. And against Leicester, we go again. That's what you've got to do. You've got to get that confidence back up. But there are some. I think there are some worrying trends, though, 
Um, it, the, t- the United team has run the least distance in the Premier League over the last five games. Even David Moyes has got Sunderland to run further than United players do. Is that... We can read too much in statistics maybe nowadays, but that's about pressing the ball, that's about chasing people down, that's about getting forward, getting back. Is that a worrying statistic for you? Not really. I think I think teams that run the most typically are the teams that haven't got the ball and are defending a lot. Um, apart from Pep Guardiola's teams. <laughs> well, you see, that, that's the thing. Pep, Pep, Pep's team, Liverpool and Spurs are in the top three of teams that run. Running, running the most doesn't win you a football game. That's not that, that's not what the fans want to see on the scoreboard. It's scoring goals that wins football games. Obviously, those statistics can say a certain extent, but I wouldn't say we're losing because we're unfit or we're lazy. Say, I'd say we're we're not doing well because we played a great team in Man City. We played away at Feyenoord, which is a tough place to place to go anyway with a weakened team. And we got beat by Watford on the day. If anything, I think our defence was to blame against Watford. And personally, I think, I mean, I know Chris Martin had a great season last year. It was the uh, end of it. He kind of tailed off. He was a bag of nerves, wasn't he, on Sunday? He was a bag of nerves. Yeah, I think we missed an organiser in defence. I think David Blind, when he's played, we look a lot more organised. Yes, we do look organised. He's not the tallest, but... But I think Jose was... Andy can can play out from the back. Yeah, it's true. Smalling kind of panics when he's on the ball. He's, he's, a, he's a great player, don't get me wrong, but I, I just I think him and... But his body language on the pitch when he's you know new to the team, he, he's just nervous and that permeates itself to the rest of the defence as, as was proved on Sunday with the De Gea incident with Smalling not getting out of the way, um, Shaw not pressing the ball... You know, Bailey looked particularly nervous and jumped in a few times. Jose was always going to drop Daily Blind, I think, at the first opportunity he possibly had to do it, which he did after the derby. Um, but it's it's they're, they're, those are things are just you know you can't win without a solid back four, can you? Yeah, definitely. And I think I think the, the honestly they just seem to lack that leadership. Shaw's obviously not a leader; he's only a young lad. Bailey's only just coming to the team. And, I don't know. I think we look a lot more solid this season. Well, we and haven't. Season when we, when Blind has been in the team, we haven't started games well, and maybe those morning kickoffs have something to do with it. Because it seems to me we've had a, quite a lot of morning kickoffs. City was a morning kickoff. Watford was a morning kickoff. Leicester yeah. on Saturday is a morning kickoff, and coming up Stoke City at the beginning of October is another morning kickoff. And, and notoriously at Old Trafford, they have terrible atmospheres for morning kickoffs. And, you know, games across the league aren't the most entertaining at that time because players have to eat pasta at seven in the morning. And it seems that, is there, is there, am I reading too much into it that there could be something between morning kickoffs, no, sluggish they need, starts? Uh, different, maybe they need to change the breakfast or something. Well, just players there also who aren't but, used but to the it. But the other teams that we're playing are also playing in the morning. It's, it's, well, say morning, early kickoff, one time kickoffs. It's not like. We're playing early and they're playing late. It's, both teams are in the same situation there. Yeah, you've killed that theory off straight away, haven't you? <laughs> Thanks for that. I've got another two minutes on that, I thought, but you've just killed it. I tell you, the one thing, though, we can look forward to watching is always Marcus Rashford. And once again, he did the business, didn't he? And got us back into that game with a bit of incisive play on Sunday. I mean, he, he's what United are all about. He's a young lad from Manchester who's took his chance. And I think... 
every single United fan will agree he has to play in every game. He's 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 just brilliant. I'm, I'm honestly developing serious feelings for him. Yeah, I'm with you on it. I'm with you. Brilliant. He's us. I mean, you if you're from, you know, he's everything you, you boys own dream of wanting to play for United. And he plays, yeah. and looks with, he looks like to be a bright lad and plays with a great smile on his face. And um, he's quick and incisive and he, he he stands there with his chest out, shoulders out and um, looks a Manchester United player for a long time. Yeah. I'd like to see him play more uh, as a centre-forward with Zlatan in behind, maybe. I think a lot of people would like that. But, you know, even on the wing, he's doing well. He, the way he goes past players, I think the only the only criticism, and it's very, very slight criticism of him, is that he seems to start really well. So if he starts a game, he'll be brilliant for the first 10 minutes and then go missing for a little while. Or if he comes off the bench, he looks brilliant straight away. So maybe that's why he's been coming off the bench a bit more, because because of that explosion of pace he's got he's good against he can change games can't he in those last 20 minutes yeah. for yeah, sure definitely. but but I, I just think we're missing that little spaz although he played against Watford and that spat wasn't there but, but, he, but again, you know what though the one bit Watford it's not an easy game the way it Watford I know wait, we've got to be beating if we want to have championship yeah, you, aspirations we've got to be beating Watford away but you're going to get games like that in a season. You're not going to win every game. You are. I, I, I think with Rashford, that the one spark for the goal was the interaction he had with Zlatan. It was quick and incisive at the edge of the box. They were 15 yards away from each other. They had a relationship, a bit of chemistry, and then he was alive to finish it in, in the six-yard box. And it was the one time there was a bit of interplay, fast and penetrative, penetrative football um, in the final third against Watford. And, and we're just not seeing that often enough we're not getting up the pitch often enough with enough pace and attacking intent uh, but hopefully that will change and it can start by changing tomorrow night against Northampton which could be a real confidence uh, builder for the side how do you see that game going Tom? Um, I mean League Cup games or EFL Cup games whatever it's called nowadays yeah yeah you don't really know you never know what team is going to play or what team any team is going to play everyone's getting rested or whatever I mean no matter what team puts out you'd think we've got to beat Northampton and I think Jose if I were Jose like I said before I'd put out a fairly strong team against them get this confidence up lads get shut some of the shut everyone up that's talking about it and then you know, we go again on I think you're absolutely right. It's a great opportunity on Wednesday night um, to get some confidence in that team, to get some goals in that team. Northampton, though, have a great record, um, relatively speaking, in their in their own division, particularly at home. I think they're on some kind of ridiculous 31 game un- unbeaten streak at home. Um, so they clearly know how to play at their own ground. We've been there before. We beat them in the FA, FA Cup a few years ago. There, I, I recall. Um, but it's a great opportunity, I think, for, for really in the attacking third to, to look to create chances and, and look like we know how to create chances tomorrow night. Um, predict, scoreline prediction tomorrow, Tom? Um, I'm going to go 3-0. 3-0. I, you know, I'm going to agree with you on, on, on a solid, solid 3-0, um, which is a couple of days before the big one against Leicester at lunchtime on Saturday. How big is that Leicester game? Oh, yeah, it's a huge... I think it's a huge game for both teams, to be honest, because, um, obviously, Leicester... They need, it's been so inconsistent this year, just like we have. I think uh, they, they're not going to come here and lay over, obviously, because they're still, they're still going to carry over some confidence in last season. But if 
we lose that game, then you know some serious questions got to be asked, especially if Rooney does play. The, the, a worrying thing will be is, say, if he drops Rooney tomorrow night, whichever uh, on Wednesday night, whichever one's expecting at Northampton, and we win, we play really well, and then he thinks, right, I'm going to give someone else a chance. It drops Rooney on Saturday against Leicester. If we win, then does he keep him out of the team? If we lose, does he? Well, if we lose, in? if we lose, where do we go at that point? Yeah, exactly. If you lose without Rooney. What does he do then? Uh, you know, you can't I may keep blaming one player, and yeah, maybe you can't team. keep blaming Jose yet. And these players have to take some responsibility because for three years we've seen a lack of passion, a lack of intensity, uh, and a, la- a, la- a lack of team structure and chemistry in that squad. Whoever's been manager, that's been a consistent feature throughout um, their inconsistency. And it's, I think it's time, actually, those players stood up and, and, and grew up a little bit and, and took responsibility for their own performance. What's your prediction? What, what, how do you start the game against Leicester? I think, well, I mean, it's difficult, anyway, because you, on one hand you think we're at home and we're against Leicester. Because that's not the last year to go out and attack them, throw everything you got at them. But obviously the way they play, they're on the break. You can't just attack, attack, attack against Leicester because they, they will punish you with... Who starts on your side against Leicester on Saturday? Um, It depends on how they play against Southampton. I'd like to see more of Herrera. I think Herrera's been very good in that box-to-box role. And I think Fellaini has actually been surprisingly good this season because I don't know how bad he was last year. It's been a stat today. He's already made more blocks and interceptions this season than he did in the whole of last season. I know, but we're like a posh West Brom with that kind of stat. You know, it's the kind of what I expect the West Brom central midfielder. Uh, yeah, Tony if, if he's, to play, that if he's kind playing of well, though, then you know he's doing everything right. He's, yeah, he's but we're Man United. Good. We shouldn't have be having the best blocks in midfield of, of a midfield player. Surely, surely we should be having the, the the midfielders who have the most incisive, creative passes. Not going. Yeah, maybe, oh, he's got the most blocks. But if you have, if you want to play Pogba in a three, which most people agree, on, it's put Pogba in a three. That's his best position. So say you've dropped him, you play Pogba and Herrera. You've got to play someone in behind there. And if if Mourinho doesn't like Carrick, which is evident he does, and he doesn't want to have this, uh, he doesn't want to have a slow player. He wants a strong player. He's got to put Fellaini there, or maybe Schneiderlin, who again he's not really given much of a chance to. Well, you know the, the Rooney to issue Fellaini, under Mourinho, he, he has done everything he's been asked of. So you know. the Rooney issue could just be a cover story for other issues about the likes of Smalling and Valencia and Fellaini, or all, all being you know Manchester United footballers at the moment. I mean, my prediction for Saturday, I think he'll start with De Gea in goal. Valencia, Bailey and Smalling will be at the back. I think he's got to change Shaw because I think Shaw is out for two weeks. has been announced this afternoon. So Rojo will probably come in. Maybe Darmian, but I'd expect Rojo to. And I think you're right. I think he will go to a three midfield. And I would have Carrick, Herrera and Pogba in there with um, Zlatan, Rashford. And it would not surprise me if Ashley Young started the game on Saturday. Wouldn't surprise me in the slightest somewhere. Um, it depends if Martial uh, recovers from that injury, whatever he got on Sunday. Uh, score I prediction. Against, I think, sorry, Tom, go sorry, on. I think against Leicester, I'd, um, a, a team that are going to sit back, I think that's a game for one matter. Because he's the type of guy that will unlock a defence that's sitting back. Interesting. Juan Mata. Could Juan Mata be Jose Mourinho's saviour on Saturday? That's a story we'll have to wait for. Um, one last score prediction for us on Saturday, Tom, before we say goodbye today. Oh, I hate making score predictions. Um, I've usually been quite good on, at them on, on this. I've, I've got them kind of right. I didn't get the City one right. but Well, every time I make a prediction, no matter what the prediction is, we lose. So I've got a little superstition that I don't like making them. 
All right, you don't I have don't to. I, I, I will put my head above the parapet and say I think United will win 1-0. It'll be tight and it'll be nervy and it'll be 1-0 to United on Saturday. Let's hope okay, so. Well, well, I will say that I hope that you're right. That'll do for me. Tom, uh, the creator of Between the Rock and the Hard Place podcast, thank you for joining us this week on the New Manchester United Redcast. Thank you to you for listening, whether you're on your journey in, you're in the bath, or whatever you're up to. Uh, just one more thing. Come on, you Reds. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.